welcome back everybody it's a brand new month it's actually the end of the month <laughs> because you guys probably know me by now i'm a procrastinator and i did procrastinate once again so we are at the end of october but you know what i made a promise to all of y'all made a promise to myself that i will have a brand new episode every month and i'm sticking to it so here we are happy end to october happy end to spooky month i love october so much and i am sad it is ending but we have october next year we have november to look forward to to be thankful for november is the month to be thankful and honestly october through december are like my favorite months although i don't really love the cold maybe september through november but we do have more things to look forward to and some things to look back on which that being said what's new in my life nothing major has happened which is good because i've had a lot of bad things happen over the summer and the last couple of months but nothing big big i've been working a lot and that's been nice i don't really sleep much but i love work and i love my coworkers and i love my job i love my viewers and it's just a really great thing i am really passionate about that job so work a lot nothing has changed with that i am enjoying the fall season as best as i can because i do love fall and i say it pretty much every day i do the weather <laughs> i'm like well, look at this beautiful weather it is just so nice out there and i love fall enjoying the fall season carving pumpkins going to hollow scream done some traveling some camping hiking and just enjoying it as best i can on my days off i hung out with some goats this month i was at a fundraiser and there was goats i was out in powhatan and the goats were pretty cool although they did get a little feisty and i did get a little bit scared i really like goats maybe i should get one i don't know i'm pretty impulsive maybe i shouldn't i'm already trying to get a camper van but I do love goats, and I got to hang out with them. That was cool. So that was a fundraiser charity event. I also went to a couple others. My dad actually played golf with my bosses, which was interesting, for a organization called To End the Stigma. It's a, it's a really awesome organization, and it's all about basically raising awareness about the effects of substance abuse and not only on the individuals themselves but also on the families but also they are big into promoting long-term recovery their big mission basically is just to end the stigma that is all related with substance abuse disorders and getting help for addiction which is really awesome so my dad was able to play golf with my bosses for that amazing organization and I was really scared for that I made him get a haircut made him get his eyebrows waxed but overall it was good they didn't win um hmm, what else I worked out a lot I am obsessed with my kindle so I just keep reading on the stairmaster and I forget that I'm on the stairmaster and then it's like an hour and a half later which it's really nice if anyone this side note well I guess not really side note but if anyone has been thinking about getting a kindle use this as that I can never think of the words when I need to think about them use this as your gosh I hate this I also have been up for like the last 15 hours but use this as your 
trigger no use this as your I don't know if anyone has been thinking about getting a Kindle I think you should I always was like uh, I don't think people really read faster on a Kindle I think they're just saying that so you buy it but I seriously read so much faster on there I love that you could just tap a word and I have the paperweight you could just tap a word and the definition pops up or you could just make notes in it and then go back on it later I love the Kindle so much and I've been reading like crazy on there so if anyone has any good book recommendations feel free to send them over I could send over mine as well also I've lost a lot of things this month I lost my Kindle but I did find it at a hotel well I didn't find it but I called the hotel that I stayed at and they said oh yeah wow we found it behind a headboard and that usually never happens people just call because they don't remember where they put it but we found it so come get it which was nice I got my Kindle something I didn't get and I've been really really heartbroken over is I lost my jewelry and basically I think that happened because I've been on the go so much traveling so much I shouldn't say traveling but I mean I live in Williamsburg I work in Richmond so a lot of days I stay out in Richmond especially long days and I just always have my stuff I basically live out of the car some days it's kind of sad but I lost my jewelry bag and I think I lost it by it was in a Ziploc bag all my jewelry and not all of it but most of the jewelry I wear at work so all my weather related earrings weather related jewelry my pearls my mom's pearls my Pandora bracelet which that was so hard because I have been collecting those charms for over a decade and actually it was just special starting off who gave it to me was the kids I used to babysit on my sweet 16 and ever since then I've gotten like poems for any of the achievements in my life uh, I have a big apple for when I left New York for the first time I have a palm tree for when I decided to move to Hawaii I have mother-daughter charms I have um, a lot out on there I have a graduation cap I have snowflakes for my first winter working as a meteorologist just so many important life events and my parents anytime they gave me a new charm they wrote me a poem so it really holds a special meaning to my heart and that has definitely been the hardest thing to lose I also lost my favorite earrings my lightning bolts with like the crystals in them and I think it was lost somewhere on Midlothian Turnpike so if you are listening to this and you are in the area keep your eyes open please I will pay to have it back it is so sentimental to me. Some of the, some of my loved ones that have passed have given me jewelry in there, and I just want it to come home. I'd rather knock on wood. I don't want to lose my phone, but I'd rather lose my phone. But I think I lost it on Midlothian Turnpike. I think that I had my jewelry because I've been on the go so much in a Ziploc bag, which I never do. It's always in a jewelry bag, and oftentimes when I'm leaving. I stay part-time with my friend Jennifer in Richmond and oftentimes when I'm leaving I just have so many things in my hand because I'm bringing it back to the car and I'm heading to work and I think I put the Ziploc bag on top of the car put my water bottle there put everything in the car and then I think I might have just forgotten the Ziploc bag because it's like 2 a.m. and I'm tired but also like part of me is like I don't know did I I feel like I would have heard it so Long story short, I lost my jewelry. I'm really upset about it. I look all the time on Facebook to see if anyone posts things, and it's just really sad. 
but also it's been really nice. I posted something on my Facebook page because I want everyone to keep their eye out. And all the amazing viewers of 8 News are like literally the nicest people. There are some not so nice people just sprinkled in there, but 99% of Central Virginia people are just so nice. And viewers have been sending me weather earrings to try to make me feel better. And they've been sending me notes and cards and prayers, which I really appreciate. Thank you, everyone. It is definitely noticed and appreciated. Uh, so I lost my jewelry. Uh, I bought new rollerblades on Amazon Prime Day, and they light up. They're pretty cool. Hopefully I don't get hurt. I made a good pecan pie. We had a potluck at work, and it was a really good pecan pie. But also now I don't... That was my first pecan pie I ever made from scratch, I believe. And I love pecan pie. And seeing everything that goes in there... I burnt my finger also on the boiling corn syrup. But seeing everything that goes in there, I don't think I could ever enjoy a pecan pie slice again. Because there's so much sugar in there. So don't make a pecan pie. It will ruin your experiences from here on out. You're welcome. <laughs> I Oh, another big thing is I finalized, kind of, my eye prescription. Which... For those who may just be listening to this for the first time, I've lost my vision this summer. I had spleen issues. I had head issues. It was just crazy medically. And my eye prescription has been changing pretty much every two weeks. I go to the eye doctor every two weeks. And it's been changing, so we just get, like, sample contacts because I can't buy new glasses, buy new contacts if it keeps changing. And finally, it's been the same for, like, a month. And... We think it's related to, I had this really bad throbbing pain in my lower right head. And it wasn't like any other headache I have. It was like extreme pain. I was throwing up from the pain for like two weeks long. So I finally went to the doctor and I was diagnosed with high blood pressure, which is crazy because I track my food. I eat healthy. I exercise a lot, but it's also, it also does run in my family. And also my doctor thinks it could be just underlying stress maybe from the stress of the job stress of commuting and not sleeping so I'm on blood pressure medicine I actually go back to the doctor tomorrow and hopefully well I guess I won't be able to get off the medicine because my blood pressure has dropped but hopefully no other issues because they were nervous it was maybe something in my brain and I would have to get a cat scan but good news is I am feeling better still don't really have I mean my prescription hasn't changed but my eyes are definitely blurry but Hopefully, things stay on the uphill for me, and I hope they do for you as well. So, a couple things happened here and there, but nothing major, which is definitely nice. And I hope you guys are enjoying the beautiful fall season, and we're going into the thankful season, which I'm just so thankful for, honestly. And I'm thankful for you guys for listening. And for those that may be listening for the first time, the way this goes is... One, I really enjoy it, so if you don't enjoy it, I'm sorry. I just basically talk to myself, so I get it if you don't love it, but basically it's called weather and whatever because I am a meteorologist and I love talking about the weather, but I also love talking about whatever, so it's really just whatever I want to talk about that month, and this month I really love, so stay tuned, but basically the first half hour or so first 20 minutes is things that are new and then some other formalities that I made 
throughout this year. So we have the drink recommendation, the date recommendation, and then two truths and a lie. So that's just a sneak peek of what's coming up. And then we get into the topics. So if you just want to skip towards the topics, probably about maybe 20 to 30 minute mark is a good place to be. But I'm going to start with the drink recommendation. So... Your drink recommendation idea this month, or maybe this episode if you need a drink right now. Well, maybe not right now unless you're in a grocery store, but maybe later this evening or maybe tomorrow is to get a drink from a place that has had a pretty significant geological event Maybe your favorite geological event, maybe you were there when it happened, maybe you have family there, like a tsunami, a volcano, a landslide, debris flow, earthquake, that sort of thing. Any geological event, grab a drink from that place that you are thinking of where that geological event occurred. So for me, and this is kind of what we're going to be talking about today, is... Hawaii because for those that don't know I went to University of Hawaii I am a proud rainbow warrior and I not only have a passion for meteorology I have a passion for geology and geophysics which I have my minor in and I've taken a lot of courses throughout the years and I love it it is fascinating especially learning it in Hawaii the best place of all to learn it I have a lot to talk about with that, and we are coming up on a important date that I thought I was going to lose my life in Kilauea, which I'll talk about in a bit, but volcanoes hold a very special piece in my heart, a very special place in my heart, and I actually have one tattooed on my ankle because they are so important to me, and it really shaped up the woman I am today. So pick your favorite geological event, maybe the most impactful to you, and grab a drink from that place where it occurred, maybe California where there's a bunch of earthquakes, Hawaii where we have Kilauea, those volcanoes, the hot spot, maybe Alaska or Washington State where Mount St. Helens is, or maybe Indonesia. We have a lot of geological events happening there. I actually was looking at some coffee they drink there a lot. I believe it's pronounced ginseng so I might try that but really anywhere you want if it's coffee if it's a soda maybe it's a type of sparkling water or wine or maybe a beer grab it and enjoy it whether you're listening to this episode and you're enjoying it or maybe you're going to do some research on that geological event or maybe watch a documentary on it that is your drink recommendation I know it may be a little bit boring compared to some others but I think it was pretty perfectly placed and for those that need a Hawaii drink Kona Big Wave is really good but they also have a bunch of other beers from Kona Brewing uh, Hanalei I believe it's IPA they have Longboard they have a bunch of beers also they have Maui Brewing Company they have Waikiki Brewing Company so if you love volcanoes maybe tsunamis Hawaii, not a bad place to pick a drink from. And you could find that in your local grocery store, for the most part, at least here in Central Virginia. And there's a lot to learn about Hawaii, which I'll talk about a little bit here. 
But there is your drink recommendation. You know what's next? It is your date recommendation. And honestly, this month, a little bit basic. It is a fall type of date, whether it's by yourself, your friend, or maybe your partner. Carve a pumpkin. Maybe go to a haunted house. Maybe go to a corn maze. Maybe go see a scary movie. Something that you really enjoyed growing up. Something that kids enjoy in the holidays, in the Halloween season, in the spooky season, or something you've just been wanting to try for the first time. As long as it's related to October, go do it because October is the best. I'm a little biased, but I did carve a pumpkin. I went to Hollow Scream. I have not been to Cord Maze yet, but I've done a lot to enjoy the holiday season so far. And actually, my pumpkin, I'll post it on the Instagram, is pretty neat. It's also pretty terrible, I think. But again, the amazing viewers of 8 News didn't think so. I wanted to try to make it RVA friendly and... RVA holds a special piece in my heart, so I tried to make it somewhat incorporated with that. And it is a flying squirrel holding an umbrella, because we have the Richmond Flying Squirrels, so. Sorry if you wanted to guess it yourself, but I'll, you might not. There's a good chance you wouldn't, because it's on the good. So, I'll post it. I love carving pumpkins and enjoying it all month long. So, Oh, and also there's another thing. So if you carve a pumpkin, you could keep your pumpkin seeds, you could roast them, but also you could keep those pumpkin guts and you could make Garrison's drinking water, sorry. But also, not only the pumpkin seeds, you could take the pumpkin guts and you could puree it, make it into a face mask, you could compost it, you could try and think what else make it into a pie. There's so many things you could do with leftover pumpkin and maybe I'll share that. I'm so bad at, I'm so bad at social media. Forgive me everyone. Forgive me. I keep saying I'll be better and I'm really going to try. It's really hard. My eyes hurt at the end of the day because I'm always, uh, the studio lights are shining on me and I'm always on my computer at work. So forgive me. I will try to be better. If you have any specific questions, as always, feel free to ask me. But that's your date recommendation. Again, a little bit basic, a little bit corny, but I think you'll enjoy it. And I recommend you do so. So there's your date recommendation. There's your drink recommendation. You know what's next. It is two truths and a lie. Two T's and an L. And for those that may not know what that is, it is as it sounds, two truths and a lie. So in these three statements that I'm, I'm about to say, there's two truths and there's one lie. And first person to guess the lie and to DM the Instagram, which is weather underscore and underscore whatever, will get a craft made by yours truly sent to you. So there's your motivation. Try not to cheat, but also if you listen to the whole episode and you go back and you are the first person, you'll probably get it because I'll maybe not say it word for word, but you may get hints there, here and there. So I guess that's not cheating. Cheating is technically looking it up, so please don't do that. But if you just happen to learn something, which I want you all to learn something, then props to you and I will gladly send you a craft. So here we go without further ado number one 
Mauna Loa is the world's largest active volcano. Number two, volcanoes are more active today than in the past. And number three, large eruptions could block the sun's radiation and cool the temperatures down on Earth. Which is the lie? Again, two are true, one is a lie. Send me the lie if you get it first. Maybe even second, I'll send you something. And I love crafting, especially to de-stress. So I'm going to craft you something up nice and I'll probably stalk you to see what you like and I'll send you it. So good luck. May the odds be ever in your favor. <laughs> Happy Halloween. <laughs> All right. So good luck with that two truths and a lie. You can probably guess it. This month's episode is about volcanoes, which hold a very special place in my heart. As you know, I have it tattooed on my ankle, and I've had a couple of experiences in the volcano, Kilauea. And my first one actually was in mid-October, and it was for my volcanology trip. And the point of the trip was basically to go out there, take some lab samples, study the volcano, and basically just get that hands-on experience and take it back to lab and to learn even more as volcanologists. And it was a really awesome trip. We stayed in this really cool place and we all just connected even more. We rode bikes out to the lava field on the old lava field so it was dried up. Then we walked, we hiked to the lava plumes, the lava flows coming at us. We took some samples which I didn't take any samples. I was a little bit afraid. Obviously, I did study them back in lab, but other people did because if you don't know, Hawaii is very spiritual and you can't take sand from the beaches. You can't take lava from the volcano. Pele will get mad. There's a bunch of a lot of spiritual stories, so I get really nervous about that, but we did take lava samples back and it technically did stay on the island, so... I don't think that harms anything, but again, I didn't touch it because I don't want to be cursed for life. But it was really neat. We cooked burritos on the lava because it was like a rotisserie burrito. I mean, lava's very hot, and they cooked them fast, and overall, a really amazing experience. But coming up next month is my anniversary, which 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, wow, six years since I almost died in Kilauea and I think that's all I'm gonna say I'm gonna keep you guys on your toes I never really completely shared the story I don't think I even have a blog post on it just to friends and family but it is a really interesting story and I'll try to remember it as best I can and I have pictures I have videos it is nuts we honestly almost died and that was for our natural disasters trip and natural disasters class and that was a grad level class and I mean it just was great until it wasn't I am happy to be on this earth and I know everyone else is too but some people did get hurt so I'll tell that story next because I'm gonna break it up I decided this volcanoes into two episodes kind of how I did hurricanes because there's a lot to talk about and I do know a lot about volcanoes as I study them in Hawaii and I don't want to jam, jam it all into one episode, and I kind of, going forward, want to try to make them a little bit shorter. I say that all the time, but I'm hoping to make them a little bit shorter, so one, 
hopefully it will hold your attention longer, but two, it's easier for me to not procrastinate as much, and three, easier to just listen to. I guess that's the same, but hopefully I'll make them shorter. So I'm going to just talk about the volcano basics, what basically a volcano is, the different types, the different eruption types, the different pieces of how they're formed, and just maybe some minor things on how they impact us, but I'll probably get into that more next episode, and maybe some life lessons we could learn from volcanoes, because I kind of feel like that's been my theme the last couple episodes, take these destructive weather events, and they're terrible, they cause a lot of casualties, they cause a lot of destruction and damage, but you got to change that perspective and think about some good and some positive things that come out of these. So I'll talk about that too. So we'll start with the basic. What is the vo- what is a volcano? And volcanoes basically openings or vents where that inner earth leaks out to the outer layer, which is the earth's crust. And really quickly for those who may not know the three main layers of earth, we have the crust, the mantle, and the core. The crust is the least dense, and it's made up of solid rocks and minerals, and that's what's basically on the outer layer. It's the oceanic crust than the continental crust. And then we have the mantle, which is the biggest layer. It's hotter than the crust, and it's under a lot of pressure. And basically, that's where we get this magma to form, which forms these volcanoes. And the partial melting of the mantle is basically the origin of the magma. Magma is basically just molten rock, crystals, dissolved gases, and for those that might not know what molten rock is, it's basically just made up of a bunch of different chemicals, oxygen, aluminum, silicon, iron, and all that jazz, and it is, magma is lighter than the surrounding solid rock, and that's what drives it to the Earth's surface by the buoyancy and the weak areas in the Earth's crust cause it to maybe break through, but also tectonic plates which we'll get to so the mantle is the biggest layer it is hotter than the crust and it's the origin place of that magma to start forming so we'll be talking a lot about the mantle the core is the innermost part and you have the liquid core you have the solid core the further you go in the hotter it gets and it the more dense you get and it's the middle core so crust mantle core in that order and that's what a volcano is. It's basically just the openings or vents where that inner earth leaks out to the outer layer, which is the earth's crust. So basically that inner layer, the mantle, leaks out. And it could be lava, it could be small rocks, it could be steam. Basically just gas, ash, or lava that erupt onto the earth's surface. And these volcanic eruptions could last days, they could last months, or they could even last years, maybe decades. So the definition basically of a volcano is very broad but there are very specifics to it which we will break down in this episode but also another big question i think a lot of people probably are wondering is is magma and lava the same and good question if you are wondering that magma is basically molten rock below the surface of the earth and when that magma flows out onto the surface, it's called lava. So la- so magma on the surface basically is lava. Magma under the surface is magma. 
if that makes sense. And every point on Earth has magma underneath it, but why don't we have volcanoes all over? You might be wondering that, so I'll tell you all about it. Yeah. So, you may be wondering, where do most of those volcanoes exist? Good question. Another great question, if you're wondering that. Most volcanoes on Earth exist on the boundaries of tectonic plates. And if you could recall, you could remember way back when in elementary school, Pangea, basically Earth is made up of these tectonic plates. And at one time, they were believed to be all together, which is Pangea. And they move very slowly over time, which is why we have the continents right now. But basically, it was that puzzle piece, Pangea, which was way back when. And now we have these tectonic plates, and they're moving just very slowly over time. Most of these volcanoes, a lot of earthquakes and a lot of other geological events happen here. And most do happen on subduction zones. And this is where two plates collide with one another. One slides underneath the other. The more dense one usually slides underneath. And it pulls that entire plate into the mantle. And basically due to density and the way density works, it usually happens with oceanic plates. Subduction zones are notable for deep ocean trenches where subduction occurs. And this is where you could have earthquakes and tsunamis also. And basically why this happens is the water that's trapped in the rocks in this plate that gets pulled under, it gets squeezed out. That water gets squeezed out and it causes some of the rocks to melt because that water basically changes the composition of that material. The water and the lighter materials reduce the melting point of the surrounding mantle and it allows for that formation of magma. Because that magma is lighter than the surrounding rock, it rises. And that's basically where we get the start of the formation of the volcano. And it's really interesting. I love it. So basically you have these two plates converging. You have to have a diverging plate somewhere. And if you're thinking that, you are right. Because that's true. So another place where volcanoes could form is divergent plate boundaries and it's basically just where two plate boundaries are moving away from each other and a good example of this is the mid-atlantic bridge it's basically just this mostly undersea mountain range down the atlantic ocean and the plates are just pulled apart because of those plates being pulled apart it allows magma to come to the surface here it's cooled quickly by the deep ocean water and as that lava is cooled it forms a new crust on the edges of these cracks. Usually at divergent plate boundaries because you have this quick cooling and it forming new crust, you usually don't have volcanoes there. Also where you have this divergent plate boundary, it's also important to note that this is where the ocean recycles the crust. So where it's lost in the subduction zone in that convergent plate boundary, it's recycled in that divergent zone because as the plates are being pulled apart. You have basically recycled crust, which is really cool. I love geology. Geology rocks. Do you get it? <laughs> I wish I had a... Uh... Oh, wait. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> but 
plate boundaries, plate tectonics, they're very important in the formation of volcanoes and a lot of other geological events. But also, so we know, most volcanoes are formed at boundaries of tectonic plates, but also some are formed at locations of hot spots, which are basically just plumes from inside the Earth's mantle, and they basically just come up to the Earth's crust, whether it's from an extremely hot mantle plume, cannot say that word, extremely hot mantle plume, or the weakness in the Earth's crust. And it's basically just an area on the Earth over a mantle plume, or an area under the Earth's crust, where the magma is hotter than the surrounding magma, and that magma plume causes the melting and thinning of the rocky crust and basically that widespread volcanic activity. So, in places where you have these hot spots, commonly known as Hawaii, Yellowstone, Iceland, the Canary Islands, and all are very unique in their own way, but I'm going to just briefly talk about Hawaii because, as you know, it holds a really near and dear place to my heart. And Hawaii is formed from hotspot activity. Basically, just we have this tectonic plate that moves over a hotspot. This happens over millions of years. And you had basically this upwelling plume of magma that creates just new islands as we have this tectonic plate, which in that case is the Pacific plate, and it moves over it. So that is how the Hawaiian Islands are formed. Hotspots and tectonic plates, in this case, Pacific plate moving over it. Again, geology rocks. <laughs> With all that being said, as we know, there's multiple different Hawaiian islands. The Big Island is the furthest east and it is the most active. Also, it's not a coincidence that it's the furthest east and the most active because It is the youngest, it's the highest, and it's the largest. And that's basically because it's closest to where this hotspot is, where the new land is developing. And the further you move west, the the more they get older, smaller, and also shorter, and less active. So there's no more land being created on the other islands, but the big island there is, and there's always new development, which is really freaking cool. I love it. So, that is how Hawaii is formed, and if you want to know more about it, I could talk about it for a while, but I've already been talking so much, and I keep saying I'm going to keep these episodes short, so again, anything you find interesting in this episode, reach out to me, and I will dive into it deeper in the next episode, if if that's what you want to hear, because I will gladly do it with any of these topics, but won't dive into it too much, because I feel like... You could get lost in the science there, but Hawaii is unique, and it's beautiful, and I recommend going there, because it's just extraordinary. So, now we know the different ways on how the volcanoes are are formed. I guess what would be best to talk about next is maybe the three main types of volcanoes. And the three main types are cinder cones, shield volcanoes, and stratovolcano. Cinder cones are the most common, so I'll start with that, and also known as pyroclastic cones. 
They are the simplest type, they are the smallest, but as I said, they are the most common. These volcanoes eject rocks and also pyroclastic material. So basically, these volcanoes are formed when magma approaches the Earth's surface, and this magma contains such a large amount of dissolved gas, and that gas, that dissolved gas, powers the cinder cone eruption. And when that magma breaks through, the pressure on the gas is just completely removed, and that causes basically the expansion. It causes that explosive eruption. And it launches a spray of molten rock into the air. And as that molten rock is launched, it cools, it flies through the air, and it cinders rain down onto the surrounding landscape. And most of the, I guess you could say debris, the molten rock that falls down, the cinder cones that fall down, are close to the vent. And that's what builds that cone shape. And most of these are small because... The eruptions that happen are usually brief, and they usually only have one episode of activity. But they could have more episodes, and if they do, then that is what causes these composite, these stratovolcanoes. Most often they don't, but they also, so although they only usually erupt once, it could sometimes take decades for that entire eruption. And they also could be found on sides of larger volcanoes. But although they usually only happen once, they could happen repeatedly from the same vent. And the overlapping of layers that form could form a stratovolcano, which I'll talk about next. And composite volcano, stratovolcano, same term. These are the biggest mountains, the biggest volcanoes that we see on Earth. And they're basically that picture you see in your head when you think of volcano it's tall steep slope even sides and it's made of repeating layers of lava flows volcanic ash cinders blocks volcanic bombs that sort of thing and they get their name because of this because of those layers the strata that make up the volcano they could eject lava and also ash and they are the most deadly because of a lot of reasons but before we get to that usually the lava at the start of the volcano barely flows out and this makes it pile up at the vent and it basically forms these volcanic domes around it and they are not as explosive as the caldera complexes some of the other volcanic complexes but they do have the most casualties of any type of volcano and this is because of a multitude of reasons some of the main types of reasons why they do cause the most casualties is because the most amount of people live at the flanks of these volcanoes so obviously if it erupts it is impacting more people and also not only is the volcanic eruption deadly but you have these steep piles of ash lava and also these volcanic domes often rained heavily upon they're shaken by earthquakes and all that sort of thing they could cause those landslides, those avalanches, those mudslides, which in Indonesia are called lahars. They could cause a lot of different, very deadly events. So not only the volcanic eruption, but those stratovolcanoes, because of that steep slope, could cause a lot of those other geological events we know. Also, something else 
that we've seen in past and a common example is Mount St. Helens in 1980 I believe was you see these sector collapses and this is basically where the entire flank of the volcano collapses in on itself and that causes a whole multitude of impacts so many different things that these strata volcanoes cause and a lot of them are not good another lastly another one is something that we call lahars in indonesia and it's basically just the word for mud flow and they are extremely deadly they move fast they will just wipe out villages communities so so strato volcanoes definitely cause the most casualties but the largest volcanoes are actually the shield volcanoes and hint if you're listening this far that might give you a hint to the tt's and an l two t's and an l but they are the largest and they actually usually only hold liquid lava like Mauna Kea, Mauna Loa and those sort of volcanoes and they get their name because the shape of the volcano is similar to the warrior's shield has that gentle sloping dome. Basically they're made, made out of fluid lava flows and that lava pours out of vents in all directions either from the summit which is the top of the volcano or along two or three of the rift zones, which are called those fractures that radiate out from the top of the volcano. And they are slow moving because they have that gentle slope, but they are the largest that could cause the most impacts in certain cases. So shield, cinder cone, and strato volcano are those types of volcanoes. Those are the main types of volcanoes. You also have two main types of eruptions. You have infusive eruptions and you have explosive eruptions and I bet you could guess the most dangerous out of the two those are the explosive eruptions and that's basically where that magma is just torn apart as it rises reaches the surface and it's basically just thrown in pieces known as pyroclast and the infusive eruption is where the magma rises through the surface and flows out as a viscous liquid called lava which I think we're going to talk about viscosity in the next episode because that's kind of cool. It's also kind of nerdy, but sneak peek, I'll talk about the term viscosity because that is something that we look at as volcanologists, which I'm not a volcanologist, but I do know a lot about it. I took a lot of volcanology classes, but viscosity is important. So you have these main two types of eruptions. And these are all dependent on the presence of bubbles in the magma. So a bubbly magma will form pyroclasts, and a magma without bubbles will just ooze to the surface. So the more explosive eruptions have more of those bubbles, and it is nice. It's good when you don't have a lot of bubbles because it won't be as explosive. You also have three categories to basically classify the volcanoes active dormant and extinct so active actually doesn't have to be at the moment erupting most volcanologists would say that a volcano is active if it has erupted since the last ice age or it has that potential to erupt again in the future so again does not have to mean it is erupting right now Although, that certainly would classify a volcano as active. It just means that it has a youthful magmatic system. And if it's not erupting now, it could be in the future. So, active, then you have the dormant. And 
dormant volcanoes basically are those that are classified as restless and these volcanoes are not erupting they're not experiencing any signs that magma is accumulating or moving beneath the surface that basically means they're dormant they're restless and they have not a high chance of erupting in the future and then lastly you have extinct which this means that these volcanoes will not erupt again in the future they are just simply dead so you have those three classifications you have the three different classifications of volcanoes and then you have those two eruption kinds and you have a bunch of different hazards which I've already been talking so much I'll quickly just talk about it I won't go into any detail but you have obviously death casualties from it you have damage to property homes businesses that sort of thing you have these toxic gases that flow out of them and it's dependent on the volcano itself you have other things like maybe vog like we have in hawaii which is basically volcanic fog volcanic smog and that contains just a lot of sulfur dioxide and it's traveled by winds you have landslides mudslides you name it there's so many different types of impacts that volcanoes cause and also on the climate also on the weather especially around the volcano but that will keep you guessing for next time I talked about some of the basics there hopefully you have somewhat of an understanding of volcanoes and hopefully you learned something I really hope so that's my goal always and I'll teach you more next time so you have a lot of these negative impacts but as I like to focus on the positive because obviously there's a lot of negative impacts that happen but sometimes it's hard to see the good and all those terrible things all those bad things do have a good side to it you just might not be able to see it right away and some of those benefits from the volcanoes although obviously a lot more devastation are oftentimes you get more fertile soil like in the 2002 eruption mount i forget the name but in ponga a lot of people died but the farmers noticed that they were discovering the crops were growing better they were earning more money and they basically just had more fertile soil because lava contains a lot of different minerals iron phosphorus potassium and this lava just provides extra nutrients for those crops so something to look on the bright side is you do have more fertile soil another big pro is you have land formation and a big chunk of the earth of the earth's surface was originally created actually by volcanic activity mountains islands the seafloor we all owe their shape and size to volcanoes and iceland in fact is actually growing larger and larger each day because of volcanic activity which is definitely nice it's cool and the people of Iceland probably love it. <laughs> so land formation, soil enrichment. You also have a lot of different minerals that you may not get usually, raw minerals. You have them at your fingertips. So basically these gases, minerals are brought to the earth's surface from deep underground in that mantle where obviously you might not usually get them. and some of that volcanic ash could actually be turned into brick and it could be used to build 
certain buildings that they actually destroyed, the volcanic er eruption destroyed, which I believe actually happened at some place in India. Also, a form of energy, we have geothermal energy, which I never was a huge fan of learning energy and climate change or climatology. I love climatology, but I do not love different forms of energy. I found it always so confusing. And actually, I want to buy a electric vehicle. So if anyone knows anything about that, let me know. Side note, but also a good note. <laughs> but you have, obviously, these hot places in the earth that provide a lot of heat, a lot of energy, and you could benefit from that. So you have these volcanic hot springs, these geysers, steam vents, and they source heat and energy for many li living organisms, but also humans learn to take advantage of that heat below the surface in geothermal power plants, which is definitely a big benefit. And there's a lot of countries that benefit from geothermal energy, which is basically just a form of carbon neutral power where these pipes are just placed in the earth and they channel steam upwards to turn these turbines and basically just generate electricity. That's a really basic understanding. I'm not a pro on energy things, so that is my understanding of it, I believe. Hopefully I explained it right. But a lot of countries do benefit from this. I know Iceland is a big one, New Zealand, the Philippines, I believe Costa Rica and El Salvador, and maybe Kenya. And they just benefit from geothermal power, and it provides a big chunk of that country's power supply, which is pretty awesome. So you learn to take some of those negatives in life, and you try to change them into positives, which those countries did, and they learned to benefit from that. And a lot of other places as well. Another thing that they do bring is tourism, which some might think of as bad, but some might think of as good. I know in Hawaii, a lot of people don't love tourism. Tourism does play a big role in the economy because if you didn't have these high tourism rates in Hawaii, you wouldn't have all these employees employed at restaurants and other services. So tourism, definitely important for especially islands and some areas that people just don't want to live because of these geological events. Maybe they want to visit, but also maybe a little bit scary to live. And they provide a really good economic relief for some of these areas, not only with great hikes, not only with unique scenery, and just great memories to pass along to. They help the economy in that area. So something to keep in mind, there's always benefits from not so great things but also there are some things we could learn from volcanoes and probably really corny don't laugh at me but I was trying to brainstorm just some things we could learn from some of this devastation like the hurricanes I talked about wildfires and so on and so forth but something you could learn about from a volcano is to not hold on to things because that could erupt into not so great things. So something that I never do, I never hold on to my feel. Well, 
I hold on to my feelings, but I never hold on to if I'm feeling anger, sadness, emotion. I make sure to express it to whoever maybe I'm feeling it towards or that needs to know. And this is important to do. Maybe not for you, but for someone, I'm a Gemini, maybe for other Geminis out there or maybe for just people that are similar to me, emotional, empathetic. Don't hold on to that emotion so long because you will only erupt. And I never hold on to it. Another lesson we could learn is that when you're confronted with a challenge, when, with a problem, it usually does not help to wait until it goes away. You should rather face it and take that decisive action. In certain cases, maybe, my dad always taught me, if you don't know, do nothing. But in a case of a volcanic eruption, of a maybe abusive relationship, maybe a really damaging work situation, that sort of thing, don't just wait. If you don't know, don't just wait and do nothing. If you don't know, do nothing. That phrase does not work in that sense. You've got to basically take it by its horns. Is that the saying? Maybe I got a saying right for once. Take it by its horns and just face it with that decisive action. And I know it's hard, but you have so many people supporting you. Your friends, family, me. If anyone needs me, I am always just a message away and I will help, hopefully, you along the way. Life's a lot like a volcano because you're really never prepared for when it erupts. Sometimes you may be. You might be prepared for a relationship to go downhill or maybe you're prepared for you to get fired. Maybe you're prepared for your parents to separate, that sort of thing. Sometimes, yeah, but your body's really not prepared for a lot of those eruptions in life and you just have to learn to adapt which is hard, but a lot of people in some of these geological events in California, they have these earthquake drills. Like, I wouldn't, I could not even imagine. I mean, I grew up in the Northeast. Just, It's just so crazy to me how different people in different parts of the world know how to deal with different things and know how to live and how to adapt. And it's fascinating and it's inspiring honestly another life lesson maybe we could take with all the destruction that volcanoes cause is beauty is all about how you look at life today's destruction can and maybe one day turn out to be a blessing and a lot of times you might not know what that blessing is you might not know why this is happening in your life right now but I truly believe one day you may realize that and it will all click. Some things in my life I still am like, why did that happen? Like Jacob passing away. I still feel a lot of resentment towards that. I feel a lot of grief. And it's just like some things in life you just are like, why? But I I truly believe that one day we'll find that answer. Another thing to think about is in the presence of a volcano, all those fears, all those worries really seem insignificant. They are just basically non-existent. You are in that life or death situation, which I actually have been, and I will tell you about it next episode. It is freaking crazy. Can't believe it. Six years ago. But you are in this life or death situation. You just have to adapt and 
all your other fears, all your other worries just basically go away. You might be worrying about something two weeks in the future, and then if a volcano erupts, you forget about it. So that's something to keep in mind. I mean, you could have these fears and worries in life, and then something big could erupt, and you just kind of forget about them. And maybe it's a blessing, maybe it's a disguise, but it is something to note. Also, I think volcanoes do a good job of reminding us of how small we truly are compared to the powerful force of nature. So I think it's good to sometimes remember that. Remember that you don't control this world, that things can happen, and be grateful for every day you have on this earth. So those are just some little things that I thought about when I was looking through of what I should talk about because always any storm in life you could learn something from it you could benefit from it there's always good in the bad although sometimes it is hard to see I'm always that person that tries to see it so if you need some good if you're seeing some bad in your life you're just like wow why did this happen why did this happen like I can't catch a break reach out to me and I could try to bring some insight on some of that good to come reach out to me anytime you need i love you guys i love this earth we live on i love mother nature although sometimes it could be so destructive i do truly love it it is so fascinating to me i not only myself but scientists across the country we're just learning every single day but that is what i wanted to talk about this episode i don't know how long i've been talking and nor do i want to I tried to keep it short. Oh my gosh, and I didn't keep it short. Okay, but anyways, next episode, we will be talking about more volcanoes. I'll talk about my life or death situation in Kilauea. I'll talk about some of those impacts on weather, climate that volcanoes have. Maybe some historic events. If you're interested in that, let me know. Again, if you're interested in anything at all, specifically about this topic or maybe what you want to hear in December shoot me a message and I'm open to any ideas, any advice or criticism even as well. And a lot to look forward to for this incoming thankful season. Spooky season is almost over. I'm pretty sad about it, but I'm going to enjoy it while I, while I can. I'm going to soak up every last minute. And I mean, the fall season isn't over. We're just transitioning over to thankful season and people are going to start taking down their Halloween decorations and putting up their Christmas, which I usually do right after Thanksgiving, like the day after usually, but maybe this year I'll do it sooner. But anyways, that is something to look forward to. Know that every journey we take will lead us to where we should be in that moment. And cheers to that. We're thankful for living on this earth and this wonderful spooky season. I hope you guys have a really safe and fun Halloween. I can't wait to show you my costume. And I'm trying to get anything else. I'm working a bunch this November because we only have four meteorologists at the station and two are off a lot, which I'm glad to cover for, but I'm going to be busy. So if I don't answer right away, just know that's why. I try to sleep as much as I can and I don't sleep much. But yeah so hopefully you have a great end to your spooky season and a wonderful start to that thankful season 
And there's so many things to be thankful for in this earth, on this earth, in this planet, in this country. Go out and enjoy the end of this beautiful fall weather, the beautiful fall season. And be thankful for spooky season, for those that love you, and for Mother Nature. But, as always, y'all know what's next. Closing time. Thank you for listening. I love y'all so much. Again, reach out. Anything you need, I'm here for you. And hopefully I'll see you sooner rather than later. I'm not going to procrastinate next month. Love y'all. Have a good rest of October. Bye.